Hi, and welcome to another episode of Kentakis. This is another casual Kentakis where there was no set agenda for what we were talking about. And it starts off with Kentakis responding to my asking about time. I think time is simply a creation, a manifestation, so we know we can be at a certain spot at a certain time. If we go back, say, 5,000 years ago, they use like um, a sundial, right, to, to evaluate time. It was a lot more simple then. And people would say, oh, yes, it's four in the afternoon or it's two at two in the afternoon or it's 10 o'clock in the morning. They could tell the way the sun was sitting. They learned to understand. Not, not most people did, but there were those that did because whoever invented the sundial, well, um, that goes back a long time. That goes back thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago when the first sundial was actually um, invented. And the only reason, by the way, the only reason the sundial was invented was because of the way the shadow went on this man's house. And he said to his wife, when he was sitting out there doing his work, he was doing a little bit of work in that, whatever he was making, and he said to his wife, he said, have you noticed, wife, that the shadow keeps moving from here to here and we've got full sunlight um, in the afternoon or the well later on through the day? And eventually they created a sundial. So whoever created it did a marvel. But today our biggest problem is we literally have sped time up so fast that we don't have those moments, that time, to complete everything that we want to complete. Because we're thinking too quick. We're, we're chattering so much in our heads. And we're creating a system in our workforce to work to. And everybody's rushing around. I mean, have you noticed people in cars, they can't wait to get to their destination. It's like it, it annoys them that they have to drive 20 minutes or half an hour to get to a particular destination. What they should be doing is just enjoying the space when they're driving and looking around and noticing things. Most people never never know what they've driven past, and they might drive past a spot a hundred times. And if you said, well, what did you see in that spot on the left? I said, I don't know. But if we observed it as we're driving, safety-like, we would know exactly what we saw. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so other planets, beings on other planets, they don't want the quickest way to everything. That's not no. the biggest priority. No. I mean, on Nakaris, they have what they call a sundial. Yes, I'll call it a sundial, right? It's easier. And they have like, they're all over the planet. And they're under um, a, a moon-shaped, um, how would you say, enclosure. And it's about a metre wide. And it's built up and they're all around the city. And they've got a big glass dome on them. And this sundial actually shows what time it is. But it's simple in its structure. And they've never had a problem in 20, 27 million, million years. Never had an issue about time factors. 
Yeah, I mean, if they they they're more of a um, like a statue type thing. Yes, yes. Because I mean, if they wanted to know the time, they kind of just know it intuitively anyway. Yes, they do. But it's attractive, like it's part of the um, the part of the mall. Yes, yeah, like a statue, but it's part of the mall and part of the feature. That's interesting, also, because doesn't Nakaris have two sons? They have th- three sons. Three sons, right? Three sons, two two larger, one smaller. A lot of the planets that have evolved uh, with with um, with say, how would you say, um, several million years in um, evolution, their moons are gone, and what they have is either one sun or two suns. And what happens, you have to have more than one sun to show sunlight around the entire planet. And because Nicarus is so huge, it has to have three suns. And they're shaped in, in a position, not shaped, but sat in a position like a triangle. And it's sunlight over the entire planet, let's say 24-7. And there are some spots, I will admit, that do get a little bit like, you know, five o'clock in the afternoon, but it doesn't stay like that very long because the planet naturally is moving and sunlight is there 24-7. And it's a beautiful temperature, Michael. Oh, so, you know, not cold, not hot. You know, you, you don't you don't sweat like that. If you want to go and, say, work out in one of the gymnasiums that they have, um, you can do that. And they actually have... They actually have a very unique training area. And when I say unique, it's not just the equipment, it's what's within it. Um, it's like trapezes and things like that where you can train your body to be so lightweight and your muscles so strong, and yet you don't have bulky, really bulky muscles. You have agile muscles, like like um, chimps, where you can fly from tree to tree, and that's what a Nakaron can do. Really? Yeah, just fly from tree to tree. You know, you can just literally throw your body forward and leap over and grab and just throw the other one and grab and keep moving in a line. So that's one of their fun activities? Yes, yes, it's big fun activities. They love it. Absolutely love it. And when I say they're gymnasiums, I'm talking of a place that would be like, say, 300 feet long and like, say, 150 feet wide or even wider. And the ceilings would be like, say, 50 feet, 60 feet high. And they got all these things in them. And you can actually go up there and do it. And no Nakaron has ever fallen, which is really interesting because it's the way they train their bodies. And when they come out as birth from their mother, their bodies are already genetically encoded with those abilities. And because of what they eat, their bodies actually stay flexible and light. Mm. And uh, at their end of their life, some 300, 400 years later, they, do they have a ceremony with their loved ones and then pass over by choice? Yes, some do. Some actually can. They know they're about to go. They can actually pass over and then they're put through the evaporation system. And sometimes... Um, you might get, say, family. You might have, say, intimate family. You might have, like, say, I don't know, maybe 15, right? And then you might also get, like, say, uh, people who don't really know them well but know them, and they'll come along, and you might have 400. And that's very common on Nakaris. 
So things are things are said before they have their last breath. Yes, they also um, say goodbye because they know they're about to pass over. They know it, and that's where family can have um, sort of like um, an intimate time with their um, loved ones before they go and say their goodbyes. Sounds way better by than like on Earth, a person's just struck dead one way or another. And no one, ha- most of the time, no one had a chance to, no one knew it was coming or had a chance to say goodbye. No. Yeah, well, when a Nakaron would fall in battle, which they don't now, very rare, um, very rare indeed. But before, they were always brought back. No, no bodies, if they could avoid, were ever left. And no one wounded, they would bring them back. And if they passed away from their injuries, they would also have the uh, benefit of saying goodbye to their loved ones, but also if they are brought back physically dead, well, then they have like, say, um, a forum talk, and people talk about them, very similar to Earth. The Nakarans are so evolved that the spirit that's just left the dead body, isn't it, it around and able to be communicating anyway with... Not all the time, not all the time. It does happen, yes, but you've got to also understand, like, Nicarans are evolving all the time, right? So there'll be certain sectors of society that would put more attention into that development where there are others that may not find that um, 100% interesting to them at that time, so they'll put their attention into a lot of other things. Well, I think um, a really valuable thing, and I've even met someone who does it here, um, having someone to help you transition so that you really yes. do yeah you know exactly what i'm talking about i know what you're saying yes absolutely i mean if i'm if i'm going to pass from my physical body i'd like to be able to do it in the arms of my loved ones which is um my wife and um also my son you know that's that's how i would like to go if that was the case and you don't you don't need help because you're very aware of leaving your body but someone even in a car on could be having a ceremony and everyone's said goodbye, and then they they pass over, and someone that at least one person that was there at say the funeral, if you call it that, is is still connected with them, with still connected with the consciousness of the spirit. That's right. What's what's really interesting about the Nakarons? I'll only, I'll only speak about the Nakarons in this way. Um, if they bring back bodies that have been um, injured badly in in a battle, in most cases, the spirit naturally is gone. It's gone into a place where it's meant to go, right? But um, because they don't hang around in what is called the astral world and things like that, they go directly into wherever they're meant to go. They have that ability. They already know that's what's going to happen. But for one who, who may come back injured but hasn't passed over yet or is about to pass over or one that is elderly, They'll communicate, do their farewells, and when they pass away, within moments, you'll see the actual either golden light or a light that would suit their understanding. That being would come out, would just float up and settle on the ground or just above. And most Nakarons will actually see that, yes. And then they will just, you know, like wave if they can't communicate through talk. And if they communicate through telepathically, they will then just float off and disappear into another dimension. 
Yeah, so that's the, – the difference between the Nicarons is they have full awareness of every life that they have incarnated into. They have that ability to connect into their cellular structure to withdraw that information so it enhances their present existence or even their future life to come. What about the times in between physical lives? Between incarnations, that is time well spent. Could you remember that as well? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yes, that's yes. great. Everything, yes, everything. They also plan their lives. They also visit the family that they're going to um, come through, like, you know, the mother and the father. They actually come down from spirit world into their vibration and they go to where the mother and father is, um, even when the mother is pregnant. And um, even before the baby's born, when most babies are born at home, pretty well 99% of them, and they'll actually come down and the, the father and the mother in most cases, just depending on if they're a little stressed or something, because that does happen, uh, they'll actually see the entity about to come into the baby. And it will just turn into energy. Can't, it can't come into the baby in its full form. So it will then just... Um, not dissipate, but changes form structure into an energy, like a spirit, and then just float down into the body. Wow! When the when the baby takes its first breath, that's still common on um, Nakaris. That when life is is taken from, when, sorry, when when the baby is taken from the mother, it's like it has to cry to take its first breath, and on that first breath is the entity that comes in, and that's the same with humans. I just want to clarify, ask that, I want to ask this again. The time spent between lives, so you're in the astral world or you're in the spirit world, you're doing whatever you're doing, can all of those times be remembered by someone who also remembers their past lives? Absolutely. Yeah, that's huge because that's so much knowledge and so much good memories, I'm sure, good experiences. Absolutely, you can, yes. And what you create in the spirit world, right, and in the astral world, you create everything from your experiences as a human being or as a human animal, depending on your level of understanding. You mean from the physical you created in the, ast the astral? Well, whatever life you've led, right, and whatever you've created in your physical life, you know, whether you might have built a house, you bought a house, you loved that house, you lived in it for years, you bought certain cars, you lived a certain way, you had certain friends. So when you go into the spirit world, especially here in, in the human vibration, you will, in most cases, recreate similar circumstances to what you lived in the flesh body. Mm. Um, I had this one major question that relates to this uh, from our recent episode that we covered this. What do you call it when... What? Yeah... When a person goes through goes through the light, into the light, what do you call the place that they end up? Oh, um, um, I think that's called self-awareness because when I say self-awareness, uh, I mean whatever you want to create is your self-awareness. You're, you're not going – now, some call it um, – Heaven. Um, some call it heaven, and depending on your, your beliefs, like religion – and you can create those circumstances. Your, even your spirit guides will help create it. Others believe that um, you'll live like in a field of, um, of luxury um, 
open fields with wind blowing and uh, you can just walk there for eternity thinking about, you know, the crimes that you've done or the bad that you've done or the good that you've done so you can start developing the new existence of coming in um, into another human life. It, it all depends on the individual's level of understanding in what they create. Yeah, so they go through the light and then depending on their level of understanding, they create whatever they like to create in a completely free-form way before they choose, I want to do something like incarnate again. Absolutely. And one of the things that must be understood is when you first pass over, you don't just go through the light because you've never really had a person come back and say, I went through the light. Now, there are people that say, I've seen the light. That's because they believe. They believe in it. They've been taught it. They've been conditioned to believe that this um, time tunnel, in a sense, exists. And that's where you go through as soon as you pass over. But you don't. You actually go into the spirit world to learn to let go because you didn't let go in your physical life. You held on to all those emotions. If you don't hang on to all those emotions and you don't have those emotions, well, then your stay in spirit world will be less. And in a lot of situations, you'll recreate your parents at the time tunnel where the light is to go through it and end up wherever you're going to end up. And you could even have the feelings that you had when you were a child. That's right. Yeah, even though it was so long ago. Absolutely. I just want to explain something very very quickly and very, very simply. I've been creating um, through my own imagination by visualizing it many, many times over, probably a good hundred times, that I'm going to create this building for my family. And it's going to be 14 to 18 stories high. The ceilings within each of the levels, there's only seven levels, is going to be like, say, 50 feet in different levels, right? And I even see how it's going to be built, what it's going to be built out of, the colour, um, how big it's going to be, um, the bedrooms, the wardrobes, the kitchens, the colour of the kitchens, the sunken lounge, the um, elevator, how it's shaped and how it goes all the way up to the top and it's run by hummers, which means living energy. I've seen all that and what I'm going to do on the top floor, create all this stuff. And I do that every time I train, um, I go into a meditation, I see the same thing. What's really interesting, Michael, about ooh, about six, seven weeks ago, I was in Spirit World and I was in Caloundra. And there's a spot here that's got a, a little bit of a, well, it's got a hill and it's got a lighthouse on it. Now, I actually haven't gone to this spot and I don't know if this lighthouse still actually exists but I know where the spot is because below it, I used to live in that house. It's a fibro house, dark green, a fibro house. I used to live there probably 35 years ago, 40 years ago. I used to come up here for holidays all the time. What's really interesting is I went there, wherever it is, and I built this house. And I actually thought that I was creating it right there and then. And I created the walls out of living energy 60 feet high. These are the outer walls of the fence, 60 feet high. I even worked out how the actual um, roller door will go in. Um, I worked out how the floor is going to be. I worked out the inner walls for the actual building, every level, the entire thing. I saw myself creating it in my time of sleep. 
And I found that absolutely amazing that I was visualizing it in my physical life. And here I am creating magic, which I have been doing now for years, um, in the spirit world. But the difference was I actually wasn't in the spiritual world. I was in the physical world in Caloundra at night creating this building. And I saw it completed. And then I said inside, I said, let there be light. And all the ceilings lit up and it was just pure light throughout every level. I even hopped into the elevators and they're exactly how I created them in my imagination, the vision that I had. And I said, top floor, please. And hummed all the way up to the top floor. And I stood there looking out and then I woke up. But it's like I was there for several hours creating this building. So what I'm saying here is that not just what I've just expressed, the power of thought consciousness is only limited by not just your physical self, but by your spiritual self. If you can learn to combine the physical with the spiritual, and use your imagination, you can then create in both worlds and eventually, eventually, you'd be like my father, Yarkas Kardas, and be a creator and create whatever his imagination sees in his own vision. That is like a form of rejuvenation, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Recreating everything. And that's powerful. Wow. This concludes another Casual Kentarchus. You can now find us and contact us on our Facebook page. Simply search for the page Kentarchus on Facebook. Also, if you want a bit more of a read, find our website etcconsciousness.com. Well, that's it for now. My name is Michael Yon. Thanks so much for listening and stay tuned for more.